The ICAEW Guide to Successful Job Search with Simon Gray. Hello and welcome to the ICAEW Guide to Successful Job Search. My name is Simon Gray. I'm a chartered accountant, former professional recruiter and founding director of Career Codex and I'll be your host for the show. In this episode, we're going to take a look at how the job market really works. Because until you understand your environment, it's difficult to position yourself correctly. We're going to consider three things. Why the job market exists, the key players and supporting players along with their motivations, and also the existence of the hidden market. So why does the job market exist? Well, it exists to connect those looking to hire with those looking for a job. Because organisations, businesses need to hire for a multitude of different reasons. It might be to replace somebody who's moved on, somebody who's left. They might need new skills in the team. They might be expanding into different international markets. Or whatever the reason, they need to bring somebody new into the organisation. Individuals look for new opportunities for a multitude of reasons too. They may be made redundant, just need a change of scenery or want to do something different. Or are looking to gain new skills or just want a new challenge. Now, to facilitate people moving in the job market and to facilitate people hiring the right talents, there are key players and supporting players that make the job market work effectively. Employers and job seekers are the primary or key players. These are the people directly engaged at the front end of any recruitment process. They have a number of things in common because recruiting or finding a job can be painful for both parties involved. That's the person looking to hire and the person looking for a job because it's a distraction if you're running a business, having to spend time recruiting distracts you from the day-to-day -day job of running the business. And if you're in the job market, then it's a distraction again. If you're in employment, you've got to divert time and attention away from your day job to look for a new job. And it can take time. You know, you don't necessarily find a job overnight. And if you're looking to hire, the right talent might not be available now. And you may have to wait and put some significant energy and time into finding that person. It's also fraught with uncertainty because people are people and people can be very different on different days and people have emotions and passions and, th and this, that and the other. So you're never 100% sure what you're hiring. And also as a, a person looking for a job, you're never quite sure until you're in the business what the environment's like, what the culture's like and whether you're actually going to fit in. So what does this mean? It means for employers and also people looking for jobs, it can be one big headache. So this is why there are supporting players in the job market, to facilitate a better connection between employers and job seekers, where there exists imperfect information. So who are the supporting players? Firstly, job boards. There are a multitude of job boards out there, and the ICAW has its own job board too, which is icawjobs.com. This is where employers and recruiters can advertise positions to attract people for specific organisations or, in the case of recruiters, to register with their business, to place with their clients. The second supporting player are professional recruiters, and one of my guests on the show will be a senior director from Michael Page. There are really two types of professional recruiter. There are contingent-based recruiters, and there are headhunters or search and selection firms. And there's a minor difference in how this tends to work. Contingent recruiters tend to get paid on the basis of success, and they may be in competition with other recruiters to fill a particular vacancy. They tend to get paid once they've filled the job. So there may be three recruitment agencies in the running to fill a particular job. The one that gets paid is the one that places the candidate with the business. Headhunters or search and selection firms tend to operate at the more senior end of the market. And this is where skills can become quite specific. And what tends to happen here is a firm will approach one 
recruitment company to go out and do a very targeted search for a particular candidate with particular skills and experience. The recruitment company tends to get paid a proportion of the fee up front and generally is the sole agency involved in that process. Of course, a proportion of the fee is paid at the end on the basis of success, but it's a slightly different arrangement based on the seniority of the position than it is with contingent-based recruiters. But you have to remember recruiters, and I, I know this having spent 10 years in the industry, are motivated primarily to make fees. They're paid to find specific skills and experience that are of value to their clients, the people that pay them to go out there and find talent in the marketplace. Now, the third supporting player is probably the supporting player that most people miss and don't really think about or aren't necessarily aware of. And these are what I call market makers. And market makers are effectively well-connected individuals who can connect you to jobs others never see. We're going to cover these in more detail when we get to the Power of Networking podcast a little bit later on. But just remember for now that market makers are a critical and very important supporting player that you need to be engaging with to find success in the job market. Let's take a look now at how employers recruit and the three conversations employers have to find the talent that they want. And these three conversations expose what I call the hidden market. So how do employers usually recruit? Well, often before they place an advert on a job board or engage the services of a professional recruiter, they have conversations closer to home to try and find the person they're looking to hire. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you've recruited for your business, you probably had these conversations, although you may not have consciously been aware of them. But they exist day to day and are very important in identifying the hidden market. And you need to know about them as a candidate to know how to place yourself successfully in the hidden market. So conversation one is an employer needs to hire somebody. First thing they'll do is they'll talk to their peer group. It could be friends. And they ask, who do you know? For example, I'm a chartered accountant, so if I needed to hire somebody into my business to do finance, I'd talk to other accountants I know. I've got lots of friends who are chartered accountants, and I'd ask them, who do you know who's good? Who do you know that I can talk to? If I didn't find success in conversation one, I'd move to conversation two. And here I'd talk to my extended network, my professional advisors, possibly you know somebody who advises me on legal matters, insurance matters, somebody who I know who's well-connected in the um, business networking space. And I'd say, who do you know? Who do you know who I could talk to? If I got nowhere then, I'd revert to conversation three. And this is where I need to spend some money, either advertising on a job board or by engaging the services of a professional recruiter. And conversations one, two, and three happen every single day in the job market. But employers often prefer conversations one and two for a number of reasons. Firstly, they're lower cost. You know, they don't need to pay to advertise on a job board and they don't need to pay a recruitment fee. Also, there's an implicit recommendation because if they're talking to a trusted advisor or a friend in conversations one or two, then people don't tend to recommend somebody who's not good and people don't tend to recommend somebody they have no direct experience of. The worst thing you can do is recommend somebody to somebody and then things don't go to plan because it reflects badly on you. This implicit recommendation has power and gives employers comfort that people they hire through conversations one and two can actually do what they proclaim to be able to do. So conversations one and two are the hidden market. And this is where a high proportion of opportunities are positioned and filled before they're ever made public. As someone looking for a career move, you have to position yourself in the hidden market. 
Yes, of course, you need to look at job boards. Yes, of course, you need to talk to professional recruiters. But if you don't position yourself effectively in the hidden market, you're potentially missing a trick. Because this is where higher probability opportunities exist, where you're often the only person in the running and you're only in competition with yourself. If you rely solely on job boards and professional recruiters, you're potentially missing a multitude of opportunities and are simply doing what everyone else is doing, which can never really be standing out. You're listening to the ICAEW Guide to Successful Job Search with Simon Gray. I'm joined now in the studio by Sally Adams, Acting Chief Financial Officer at RS Components, Andrew Clark, Finance Director at Costa Enterprises, and Jonathan Firth, Managing Director at Michael Page Finance and Consultancy. Hello and welcome. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Jonathan, how do you go about sourcing candidates for the vacancies you're handling? Um, And does this change based on whether it's a a contingent piece of recruitment or for a retained uh, position with one of your clients? Uh, It will make a difference. Where we retain at the more senior level, uh, they will focus uh, on generating and mapping a market um, through our own means or choosing one or two particular mediums to go for to attract candidates in. At the lower level, it's a very fragmented marketplace and therefore we tend to have to cover a multitude of job boards, social media, and we have teams of people out there purely looking for good candidates to bring in. And the difference between how a recruitment process works, i.e. contingent and retained, perhaps you could just explain very briefly what, what that means and what specifically that might mean to a candidate in a process. So the retained process is far more proactive. So to a certain extent, we are starting with a blank sheet of paper and we are going out to find the best person for the job, uh, whether they are on or off the market. So whether they're actually specifically looking for a job or not. So if someone isn't, we would try to attract them to that particular position. Contingency is far more about selecting from people who have come to us to say they are actively searching for a job. And I guess a a retained position, uh, by its very nature, you're handling as a a sole agency, the only recruitment business uh, recruiting that particular position. Would, Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. And at what level does the market tend to move from contingent-based recruitment to more retained or or search and selection, um, a search and selection type process? It would usually be around the job title. So a financial director position would usually be retained. Now, from a salary point of view, that can vary uh, if it was for a charity or for a larger business. But it'll be the people who are sitting on the board of an organisation who we will tend to go out more proactively to try and find. Sally, what would you say? We have a dedicated outsourced resourcing team and we always go to them in our first instance. We always advertise internally as part of the first wave, but we'll look um, across different channels using LinkedIn, advertising and our own network to try and bring in that first wave of um, CVs to look through. If that doesn't work, then we'll go out to headhunters on our preferred supplier list. So a multitude of different channels at different stages of the process then? Absolutely, yes. And what impact does the need to recruit have on your business? Andrew? I think that's a very good question. Certainly for me personally, it can be very impactful in terms of time that I uh, spend on resourcing. But in truth, I think in my position, uh, it's a key responsibility as the leader of my business to be an external talent scout. So it, it is impactful on time, but it's it's so critical to get your resourcing right, to get the right candidates in, that, uh, that, that I'm certainly prepared to invest a lot of time in that process. Sally, what do you think? Um, It is a very big impact, I think, for the long-term health of the business. Having the right capability in place is crucial to us delivering our strategy. But also the short-term impact on time, it's about thinking about the candidates you want, 
the resources, the questions, having all the adequate preparation. So it's quite resource hungry. So it's a distraction really from your from your day-to-day role? Um, it does take its time. I wouldn't say it's a distraction because if we're to succeed, we have to get this bit right. So I see it as a key part of leading a team. And if you're recruiting at, say, a, a management or a senior level, how long does your recruitment process typically take and how many stages are there uh, involved in that process? Oh, it, it always takes too long. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it, it, it does depend. It can take a couple of months. Uh, certainly with a, a typical hire that I'd be doing, uh, there'd be a a first round screening uh, process with someone in HR in our central resourcing team. There'd then be an interview with me. If they're business partnering, say, for example, the operations director, I'd want uh, I'd want them to meet that person. And then often my boss will also want to see them as well. So there can be three or four interviews in that process and typically end to end anything from four weeks to eight weeks, depending on the hire. Jonathan, what would you say? Uh, it would usually probably take about two months, but we will try to keep it going as quickly as possible. The main rule for us in recruitment is the more time that is spent, the more likely it will be unsuccessful. So we will always be pushing our clients to keep the speed up. But at that sort of level, people have busy days, they can be abroad quite a lot, and therefore uh, interviewing might not be as easy. But two months should be that side, and we would be keeping that pushing along, as the candidate should be as well. Sally, Andrew, Jonathan, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, it's a pleasure. You're very welcome. Start your search now at icaewjobs.com. So we've taken a look at how the job market really works, why the job market exists, who the key players are, who the supporting players are, and also the existence of the hidden market. In the next episode, we'll take a detailed look at psychology and why this, in my opinion, is the most important thing in finding success in the job market. Thanks for joining me. I'm Simon Gray from Career Codex, and this has been the ICAEW Guide to Successful Job Search. Until next time, take care and talk to you soon. The ICAEW Guide to Successful Job Search, produced by the podcast company.